Okay, I'm not fired up anymore. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome into Pace the Nation. Broadcasting back here at Studio 1A in downtown Arlington, Virginia, the heart of Arlington, of course, Clarendon. Back again for another exciting episode of Pace the Nation. I'm your host, Chris Farley. Episode 220. In the year 2020, episode 220 today. And alongside me, across from me, our co-host, Julie Cully. Julie, what's up? Hey, I love this podcast because um, today we finally tipped the scale and we had three women in the room Yes, and two men in the room. So yeah, just to, to feed into what we go on and talk about. Yeah, it's 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 probably the first, I, I, I'll have to look, I think back, but maybe the first time ever, uh, more females than dudes on the show. And we'll get into our guests. That's a very exciting couple of guests joining us. But uh, before we do that, to my left, of course, it's William E. Docs. Docs, what's up? It's definitely not the first time we've had more females than, than dudes in the room. <laughs> oh, that's right. Your nieces. Uh, this is this has Aww. happened yes. many times before. That's true. That's true. Uh, Co-host nieces. I've not been in that room, though. Yeah. So I need to get on the show with it's, those guys. It's, yeah. it's fine. Uh, I, I just also want to say, I also don't notice those kind of things. Oh. <laughs> Sure, well, we will we will talk to the founders of Empower Run. It's an event happening in March. Uh, it's a women's only event uh, for the Specialty Run Channel and just the running channel in general. Really promoting a lot of the uh, the great women women who are in our channel, uh, employees, coaches like Julie, uh, etc. In our channel, Empower Run, uh, and we'll talk to the co-founders, our friend Kathy Dalby, who's been on the show many times before, and Burke Beck will both join us uh, today in studio. So excited to have them to talk about Empower Run. But it is a big show. we got other things to talk about. Uh, today I want to talk about uh, another streak. I love streaks. We'll talk about another streak for probably like the fourth or fifth episode in a row uh, That's that ha- that is continuing on and it's in its 40th year i want to talk about that uh some controversy in the world of running uh associated with running shoes we will talk about that and we will discuss another uh fast road race that had some olympic trials qualifiers uh, that happened in houston and we're going to talk about phone solicitors which are driving me crazy (laughs) we can talk about that as well uh i mentioned houston we were in texas docs you and i in texas last week don't Austin, mess with Texas. In Austin, Texas. Stay weird, Austin. Uh, yes, it was a good uh, trip with the guys. The fellas got together. There might uh, have been girls there, too. I wouldn't know. I don't see those kind of things. <laughs> um, <laughs> we were in Austin with the group of Kai Shai uh, uh, individuals who um, joined us, Docs and I, and a number of other, other, other Kai Shai members. Uh, Kai Shai, of course, is... The UVA track and cross country fraternity. That it's not a real fraternity. It's, not a real it's totally fraternity, fake. But it's basically, a fake fraternity. basically, what it is is people that ran distance at UVA. Yeah, that's Kai Shai. And we um, we had a great time. You have a good time, Docs. I did. I, ha- I had a I had a great time. Austin, you know, I, that's the first time I've been there for something other than a work running event. Really cool city. 
Mm -hmm. Uh, A lot of great places to run. Uh, We did a beer mile. Um, Yeah. How did you feel after the the beer mile? Victorious. How did you feel? (laughs) uh, Like a loser, yeah. Um, You guys are going to have to talk about the results. Dox's team did uh, take... Take the win. They were yeah. they were the underdogs and beat there my was, squad. There was we had no business winning. Yeah. Uh, the other team had Mister Run Every Day, yeah. uh, shoe salesman. Yep, that's me. And <laughs> and yeah. uh, connoisseur you, of Miller Lite. You might have been yeah, and we were drinking Miller Lights. Yep. Uh, you, was he one of the slowest? He might have been the worst performer. Oh my gosh! Not a strong chugger. Not as no. yeah, really didn't yeah. really so didn't. disappointing. And we yeah. only did one beer per person so it wasn't like mm-hmm. a full-on we did the relay we did the yeah. four by four relay four by four relay um, so that was one of the the highlights of, of the trip um but uh yeah it was it was a really good time and and i, I also learned unfortunately that none of our kai shai members listen to the show they don't listen anymore at all and so some we could of them say we could say whatever we want about yeah. them and it will never get back to them which yeah. I, which was is was very liberating <laughs> so uh I, 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 we promoted the show to them, and hopefully, if if they come back, welcome back. If not, let's talk about them. Mm-hmm. All right. From an all-dudes event uh, coming up next to an all-female event coming in March, Empower Run. We've got the founders of Empower Run. It's Kathy Dalby and Burke Beck joining us next here on Pace the Nation. All right, welcome back to the program. And now, Docs and Julie, we are excited to be joined by the founders of this amazing event in its second year. It's called Empower Run, EmpowerRun.com. We have a familiar face, Kathy Dalby. Kathy, hello. Hello, thanks for having me. She is, of course, the CEO and partner of Pacers Running. And also, she is a co-founder of Empower Run. Her co-founder is sitting right next to Kathy. It's Burke Beck, she's of Red Coyote. She's a co-owner of Red Coyote and also a co-founder of Empower Run. Burke, how are you? Good. Thanks for having us. Well, thank you guys. Excited to talk to you about uh, Empower Run, an awesome event in its second year. Um, Again, it's EmpowerRun.com. We know Kathy, so let's kind of get to know Burke. Uh, A little nugget about Burke that I just learned. Um, Her grandfather is kind of famous, right? Is that true? Well, I wouldn't go with famous, famous but he no. was a great businessman. Yes, a great businessman. And he was the owner of the New Jersey USFL football team at one point, right? Correct. Correct. He was like, I should more, know more, but That's he right. uh, he recruited Herschel Walker. He recruited Herschel Walker. Went on and to his, be a great player. His, uh, his name was Walter Duncan. Your son's name, Duncan. So I assume right. that's a connection yeah. there that... <laughs> He was named after your grandfather, is that right? Yeah, it's my maiden name, yeah. Very good. Oh, and it's your maiden name. Okay. He's going to carry it on through our family. Fantastic. That's that's cool. Um, anything else about the USFL that we should know, Docs? Docs, I feel like you know a lot of USFL. I do, but this is a running podcast. <laughs> right. So. right. right. <laughs> I... Uh, we we uh, we will get to the the empower run, but a little bit more other th- other things other than about your uh, grandfather about Burke. Uh, tell us about your your running store uh, running stores in Oklahoma City. Okay, we have two stores in Oklahoma City. We've been I th- we're coming up on our ten year anniversary. Nice. 
So I own them with my husband, John, and we've been in the running industry for almost about 20 years Both now. Both you guys so, have? Yeah, that's where we met. Awesome. And um, kind of followed our dream to open our own running store 10 Aw- years ago. Awesome. It's called Red Coyote, and we'll kind of get into your history of kind of how you guys started. And let's let's start with that before we get into Empower Run. Um, Empower Run, and I'm reading uh, directly from the website, is conceived by two women from the run specialty space looking for authentic and intimate ways to connect with female leaders in the industry. Uh, you guys also uh, obviously are in the industry. Uh, tell us how you got into the industry, Kathy, because I'm not sure how we've we've covered that on the uh, show. Because you've been in the industry, maybe not 20 years, but maybe. 1996, 20. I think. 1996, Which makes wow. me feel really old now that I think about that. Yeah. But I started at um, Chris Hates when I keep talking about the village runner, which was <laughs> yes. where I started my fame and fortune yes, um, <clears throat> in Redondo Beach, California. And I did that as a part-time gig and kind of kept doing that And when I was through college. And then one day I came to DC and I was working in some like really crappy jobs and decided to walk into a running store and get some shoes for a friend. And they asked if I could work the next day. So that's kind of how I got to Pacers. And uh, Burke, did you start in a, uh, a single door? Or I don't know, if maybe maybe they had multiple doors. Uh, Village Runner maybe may have multiple doors. But <laughs> they have three now. Every right. every place has to have a fire escape. You need to have two exits. Yeah. Right? Everything <laughs> should be multiple door. Otherwise, I will contact the fire marshal. Speaking so of the guy that owned it was a firefighter. Too, really? So okay. Yeah. So he definitely. Part of his business plan. Yeah. Yes, definitely. Also, side note, is that how uh, Pacers operate? So people come up to try to buy a pair of shoes and try to solicit them to work yeah. the following day? Uh, yeah, it worked. Is that typical? Oh, I, I did that once with somebody in the early aughts. <laughs> We, so you know, you know what? We're not above anything. If if it's getting a good employee, we will we would definitely mm-hmm. do that. Um, but Burke, did you start in a uh, specialty run store as well? Yeah, I actually started at one of your former competitors. Okay, Metro Run and Walk. That's right. Back I in, actually uh, forgot that. That's yeah, right. Two thousand and three. Yeah. Okay. I think yeah. That's when mm-hmm. I graduated, and then so I came to DC. But then I also got a you know quote real job mm-hmm. and so just started working on the weekends um but yeah and then uh decided i was going to go back to school and started working at roadrunner sports in denver colorado okay and then about a month later they offered me a um like a manager job out in san diego and i told my dad that i was gonna defer school and move to california and manage a running store and he thought that that was nuts but he supported me, and that's where I met my husband, John. Mm-hmm. And about three or four years later, we opened our own store. So Roadrunner is a you know a big they, – they do a ton of internet mm-hmm. business. They've got a number of – but they're – you know, a they're, are they a family-owned business? Yeah, they're still or? privately okay. held. Okay. Um, Mike G is the owner. Okay. And he's a really innovative guy. He was, like, the first guy to sell shoes in a catalogs, right? So, got like, it. running shoe catalogs before the internet – and then the internet was really kind of exploding right at the time when we started. But they were also opening, I think John, my husband, opened 23 retail stores for them wow. in like two years. Oh, wow. So um, he did like training and development. So um, you guys are obviously female. Um, probably one of the few. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Is it obvious? <laughs> one of the few uh, probably females um, in your space back when you started, correct? Is that accurate? Uh, I don't know of that. I think we, we're more visible now. I think there were a lot of women 
who were in the run specialty space, but frankly, they just didn't have the visibility. Mm-hmm. So when Burke and I started in, well, you were in the 2003, right? And I was 1996. So relatively same time frame or generation of the business. I mean, there were women who had stores, I mean, I think, or were visible in the industry. I mean, we can start with the ladies from Moving Comfort, right? Mm-hmm. And Fleet Feet was actually founded by women. Um, you know, before Tom Rainer kind of took over. Uh, and we also have some women that have been in the industry a really long time, like Jane Allred, who's down from um, First Place Sports in Florida, Betsy Hughes, uh, the, I think Jenny Bas- Peters. Jenny Peters, Varsity who's Sports. Varsity Sports. Uh, Lee Gallardo, for sure. She was kind of one of the more, I think, visible of the women that were in the industry at the time, at least to me. Uh, but I also think like with that being first also comes with like sometimes a lot of people misunderstanding you too. Well, and I think in the last, you know, 20 years running has really shifted to, to become more predominantly women focused. Mm-hmm. Women make up what 60, 70% of most races. And, and so with that shift, you know, we're seeing the entire industry shift a little bit. So uh, along the way, I'm sure you guys um, experience for yourself um, because it, it, it was and, and maybe still is a male-dominated industry. It is. Um, definitely a male-dominated do- industry. <laughs> uh, you experienced along the way yourselves, you know, some instances where you said we need to exact some change here. Can you tell me some examples um, through your working life where you said, you know, we need to bring women to the forefront or this needs to change? It was, I think for me, being, you know, having a male business partner who is my husband, I had always worked for female-owned companies. And so I hadn't really felt like, you know, maybe sexism really existed. But then people would come into the store and say things to me like, do you work for your husband? Or is John here today so we can make a decision about something? Like, we can't make a decision without him. Or um, with different vendors, you know, even though I would do marketing, they all still would kind of... John always had to be in the room. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, um, and I didn't always have to be in the room. So it was an interesting dynamic that I didn't really, wasn't aware of until um, we opened our own business. And, and Kathy, you uh, experienced some of the same sort of stuff? Yeah, I mean, I think, I don't want to call it textbook, but it's like all the things that we felt growing up in our careers, right? So like I was in a business where my business partner wasn't my husband, right? <clears throat> but I was a family business, and so I would be in meetings, and it was, you know, you get the, like the, you have nice legs. I had that happen to me mm-hmm. once in a meeting, and it's kind of like, are you kidding me? You know, and I was probably 24, 25 at the time. You know, and it's <clears throat> a lot of the deferrals, and I mean, even like when, when we evolved the business and, and I became CEO of the company, there was a lot of pushback for that, and I think that was because people didn't understand that my role and what I was doing for this company, you know, necessitated that kind of title, especially as I'm sitting down and talking to banks and whatnot. So I think there's like different ways to view it. There's like, there is the way of viewing it from the industry side where frankly, most of our vendor partners are male and they are monochromatic and they have similar journeys. And then you've also got the business side where you're dealing with financial institutions, which also have their own power structures and dynamics in there too. So, you know, women are kind of, figuring it out from from all angles and um, I think <clears throat> in our business it tends to be like this mom and pop and so one of the things that I've been really interested in is like as we start to see moms and pops 
you know, across the country in different industries start to evolve, like what does that really mean for the business communities and what does that really mean for the businesses and financing? And I think we're going to see a lot of shifts there. Was it ever to a point where you, you ran into so much frustration that you said, ah, let me just do something else. Let me uh, go into a, a field that there wouldn't be so much resistance or so much, um, you know, so, so many so many issues. You know, I think the one thing about like, you know, we're both runners or just if you're going to go into business for yourself, you kind of feel like you're the kind of person that does not give up. Like mm -hmm. we're going to push and push and push. So that never really crossed my mind. I just knew that I wanted things to change and I don't want the women who come into this industry after me to be facing the same kind of problems. I want it to look different. I want to create pathways for them to be in business and feel valued and feel like their contributions are meaningful. Yeah, and I was thinking about this last night, <clears throat> excuse me, where it's like I would have probably been a great candidate like in my career to go to a brand, right? Like I showcased all those things. I wasn't at the time really an owner of the business. You know what I mean? Like I wasn't part of the family. So like my path could have been so different. But now that I look back, there was nobody that really represented my journey. Nobody looked like me, right? And so I wonder if that had been different, if that would have if my path would have been been changed. And I, I remember like two very like vivid moments in my career. One was um, I met Legal Ardo for the first time and it was actually at this ASICS meeting where there was this, we were at the aquarium and there happened to be a shark attack. It was like kind of crazy. <laughs> for, the, for those who were there, we'll, <laughs> it was like, it's legendary. It vividly. But, yeah, yes. like the sharks coming down and the bubbles are coming up. Anyway, <clears throat> sorry, sidebar. Yeah, sidebar yeah. a little I mean, bit. But it was the first time I, I... But we are putting a pin in that story. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Okay, yeah, please okay. come back. It's pretty awesome. It, it's yeah. pretty awesome. But it was the first time I met Lee Gallardo, and, like, there are all these stories about her, right? You know, and, like, these stories about, like, how she was this and how she was that. And I met her for the first time, and I was like, oh, she's just, like, doing her thing. And that, I mean, I think at that time... I don't know, Chris, how do you think old oh, we were like in our late twenties, maybe? Right. It was a yep. long time ago. And I remember once like meeting Betsy Hughes for the first time, because she was more in the event space. And I was like at the time, and this was a term I heard a lot, the events girl for Pacers. And that was also just like I, I found people who looked like me and, and I felt like I could connect with in some way. All right. The event is Empower Run. It's Sunday, March eighth to Tuesday, March tenth. I mean it is packed agenda sold out it's it's got a, a really awesome list of attendees you guys are doing it in santa barbara california um i want to talk about how you sort of got together on this who came up with the idea for empower run do either of you want to take credit for it i love that one to burke i think we like talked about it before like we need to create some place where women can go and network and meet each other and Kathy kind of we kind of felt like we we're on our own island right we mm -hmm. had each other but where's everyone else like how how come we only have each other how can we do this together but then I did call her and was like we're making this happen like you <laughs> like next week <laughs> so. I was like yeah I'll get on a plane fine we'll go to Napa yeah <laughs> and, and why and why did you two connect on it what was it about you two together that you guys connected on this well, I think at the time, like, seriously, like, we don't need to bring it back to Donald Trump, but like, it was, it was 2016, and we're all like crying on our couches. But <laughs> the, um, our industry board, which is called the Running Industry Association, was up for elections, and we both kind of 
uh, Burke and I kind of looked at each other and we're like, we need to run. Like, we need to do something. There's something we have to do. And it was this whole conversation around, like, doing what you can in your community, right? Like, start somewhere. Um, and so, like, we were part of that movement of women who were getting involved in whatever it was that was meaningful to them. So we both ran and we both won. And we increased, I think it was like, we increased the, the female representation to 60%, it was 60% growth, but we still only made up 20% of the board. Which again, when you look at running, and it's 70, you know, 65, 70% female, it was like still this dynamic that existed. But it, you know, it was, you know, change comes in, we have to celebrate the change that we have. But then, you know, we're in it, and it's just, there, there are a lot of like structural things. And we decided, you know, this is something that has to be super organic. And a lot of times the education in our industry has been really vendor driven. And it's been like, come to this event with New Balance at, at Boston, or come, mm -hmm. you know, I don't even, you know, like uh, we just have different events, which also there was some dynamics within vendor events where it's like usually they'd bring one person and it's like most of these are moms and pops so who do you think stays at home and like so those so the networking wasn't really centered around the female point of view or experience and so we wanted to create an environment where women could get together and you know kind of be seen i think is really the big piece for us yeah i mean i think that's the crux of it is that men network differently than women and I mean, it's just the reality in our industry, we aren't given the same opportunities to network at vendor events or in, you know, um, like at the, on the RA board mm -hmm. or things that are happening. And so we don't have the same visibility, but maybe together, if we can make those connections to network together and then bring other women to the forefront, kind of amplify mm -hmm. each other. The event is about a month and a half away. Uh, tell us kind of about the event. I, you know, I read sort of what your mission statement is, but what are you guys doing there at Empower Run? Every guy wants to know. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for asking. Can't tell us. No, I mean, I think, thank you for asking. A yeah. lot of times we get a lot of like, oh, you just go and have wine. And you're like, wine okay. Wine and tears. Tears and, and like, cry. it's like Lilith Fair and stuff, which maybe it is a little bit, but... Um, <laughs> You know, we really focus on on concepts that I think are, you know, women who are entrepreneurs. A lot of the women in this space that are coming are entrepreneurs who probably have, you know, don't have a lot of exposure to the kind of training or corporate training that I think exists in other companies. And so for us, we're really focusing on things like leadership presence. Like, how do you walk, like, how do you walk into a room and own it and, and be okay with that and be comfortable and like claiming your space, right? Like there's a big conversation around that. Um, I mean, that's a big piece for us. It's just kind of personal growth. And then it's really networking and um, making connection. Um, you know, Burke just said, like women, women really benefit better from formal network systems versus men. And I mean, I think you have a good example. It's like, I'm not just gonna go for a run with the VP of right. footwear at XYZ right. brand, right. right? Like we just don't have those opportunities. And that's where, you know, it's just like, a, that's our golf course, right? In some respects, and we're just not invited. So for us, it's like, how do we expose these women to each other? How do we expose them to industry? And then, you know, also within, you know, the, the group that's coming, we have 20 vendor women in the vendor space who are pretty powerful um, and who are excited to kind of build those relationships too. Yeah, I think there's a lot of learning that learning from each other too. Like we're, we're having two panels and working on like things, building our teams. How can we make them look different or um, be better 
just things that'll translate whether you're new, you know, you've been in business one year, you've been in business 15 years or 20 or 50. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's, I think she there's a lot of She pointed at Farley when she said 50. Just yeah. for the I, I mean, how long has Pacers been around? <laughs> yeah, 50 years, uh, something no. like that? No, 90, no. 90, 90 91, 95. But, uh, oh, okay, sorry. I'm not, for the listeners who haven't seen me, I'm not over 50 years old. I'm 25 <laughs> still. Um, but you do have a, uh, a list of awesome attendees. I'm looking at the list. Mm-hmm. Uh, Julie is one of them. You mm-hmm. guys uh, have a number of, uh, you know, brands that, uh, you know, you got the president of, of Saucony and you got uh, the, the chief marketing officer of another brand. And, you know, just a really star-studded list of the who's who of women in the uh, in the industry. Um, how, do, how was the response when, when asking like these these uh these women um was it 100 percent positive was it like hmm, wow is this really going to work like how did they respond when you guys asked them to attend so i think last year was our first year and mm-hmm. so they really had to trust us because i don't think any of us really knew what it was going to look like but everybody was really excited for the opportunity and maybe to just try something new and take a chance on you know what this could be and then this year, I think our attendees, almost everyone is coming back for the second year. So yeah. I feel like they know more what to expect. The programming, the destination is different. The programming will be different. But um, we also have like, what, 25 new women. Mm-hmm. So we're growing. Last year, we had about 40 women. This year, we're going to have about 75. And I, I, I guess I asked that because, you know, I just I wonder if there was like trepidation, if, if people are OK with the norm or like, let's not stir the pot or are people excited to stir the pot. And like, let's let's do this. I think there was a lot of excitement to stir yeah. the pot. And then once everybody got there, I think just really quickly, everyone became comfortable. And like Julie said, there was tears, there was wine, <laughs> there was lots of right. learning. I mean, I think that. And, you know, everyone's excited to come back. So I think that's a testament to that it is meaningful and is creating And, and you, So uh, do you believe that, that all these attendees or everybody believes that there needs to be change? Yes. They do. I think the entire world. The entire resounding, So that yes. was a yes. resounding Across yes. industries. Yeah. Right. Across. And, and I think we can't just focus on the women. I think there were a lot of men that were behind this, too. Exactly. You know, sure. Like we got a lot of support. There wasn't one brand we approached that was like, yeah, I don't know. I only no, really a terrible supporting idea. women. Yeah, that's exactly. really our thing. <laughs> and I mean, obviously, most of the asks went to men to, sure. for the support. But right. it is really about having the right men at the table. But I, well. I will say our first conversation was with Wendy Yang. And Wendy Yang is the president of Hoka. And she, if you meet her, like, talk about leadership presence, right? Like, she's running a brand. She is building a brand. And she is a number one badass. Mm-hmm. And yeah. we got on a phone with her. And she was, like, our first cheerleader. Yeah, that's a really good point. She was, like yes, I support this. I'll be there. Do it. We're like, okay, if, if Wendy thinks it's viable, <laughs> we're going to do we're it. We're in. We're all in. That's all we needed. Yeah. Yeah. And do you think, and, and again, I just, I'm curious on this. Do you think it was the time, like you mentioned 2016, do you think it's the right time or do you think it's something that needed to happen or could have happened 10 years ago? Or do you think we're just now ready for it? Well, here's the thing. I want to make sure that we amplify other women before us, right? Mm-hmm. Like there are people who I don't know if they had the opportunity. I don't know if they came together. You know, like I don't know. And I guess like we could ask. We could ask sure. Jane Allred. We could ask Betsy Hughes. And we could ask Susie Stein. You know, these women who have been grinding it out for some for 30 years at this point. So, I mean, I think there's like this whole thing, right, That that's in 
any sort of change or movement. It's that you have women that kind of lay the groundwork, right? And they start to break down the walls. And then you've got the next woman behind them who, you know, start to build even more and more. And so, you know, you hope that those, you know, those women who broke these walls down and, and started like, you know, legal Ardo, like, mm-hmm. and she probably zero day that we're doing this, but like, right. She, I, I would hope that she knows that what she did laid the groundwork for us. Now, I mean, I think there's serendipity, right? And it's like, you had an election, you have a lot of conversation right now around um, equality, the ERA, you've got, you know, Me Too, all these things where people now, but what it is is that women are finally getting listened to. And I think that's the shift. And it's not just women listening to women, it's also men listening to women and what our experiences are and, and being open to having different experiences. I think there's also in recent history a spirit of collaboration too and I don't know that that was there even 10 years ago great point where there were a lot of women who were doing great things but they were all kind of siloed off and there may or may not have been kind of like I don't want to say women not supporting women but like they were trying to carve their own path yeah and I think we see this in the track and field community and the coaches association now there's a a group of women that have come together in the last couple of years and have a space in our convention every year to to talk and have conversation and try to raise each other up I don't think that that really existed at least in our industry across the board in the run industry generally speaking 10 years ago so I think when you speak to the timing of things, I think the timing is right because I think women are starting to feel, hey, we're a lot better together mm-hmm. and we're gonna raise each other up by supporting each other. And like, if somebody walks out of this 75 person uh, group at Empower Run with a connection that might lead to their next job or at least a mentor, somebody who mm-hmm. can you know, look after them or give them great guidance as they're moving up. That was one of the really cool things. Like these two were the directors of it and I was one of the attendees of it. And so I got to see it from a little bit different perspective last year. I saw a lot of people talking Mm -hmm. and a lot of people talking with, you know, a CMO or a president and, you know, maybe someone who was a tech rep who's just getting started in their industry Mm -hmm. and starting to make that connection and really feeling a spirit of like, of help, of people wanting to come together and make a difference. Um, So I think the timing of Empower Run, you know, we'd all like to think like, yes, 20 years ago, this would have been great, but I don't know if it would have held, you know? And I think that that's what we're seeing now is is really women starting to come together and saying like, we can start to really make a difference if we're helping each other and supporting each other and lifting each other. Mm -hmm. And it's, is you get the sense that, it's no longer what I felt like you're saying there a little bit is that everybody's kind of elbowing each other out and competing for this one spot. And now that's sort of a different. Well, I mean, I think you're still seeing that. Right. But it's like I think like what 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 kept women down for the longest time was actually women. Right. Mm-hmm. Like and it's like we didn't you know, we were taught that our value was based in how we looked, who we married you know, like, how did our house look? You know, those kind of things where it was like, we weren't, we weren't able to be our individuals. And you see this throughout, like, I mean, I'm not an expert in women's history, but like how people were able to come into their own, right? And so we were, and then you have like the board, everyone talks about this proverbial, like, you know, seat at the table. And Shirley mm-hmm. Chisholm was like, well, you know, screw them, bring your own folding chair. Like we don't <laughs> have to, but women were told like you could compete for this one spot, mm-hmm. right? And now it's like, no, actually I'm going to compete for all of them, right? Yeah, you know what I mean? And like, I mean, like Ruth Bader Ginsburg was like, mm-hmm. you know, when somebody asked her how many seats on the Supreme Court is enough of their women, she's like, all of them, you know, like, 
it's just we have to think of things from a different perspective from a you know, just this different point of view and you know and that's what I think this is the time that people are actually listening it may be uncomfortable I think it's really uncomfortable for a lot of men but some of them are listening well and I think one thing that's really important is by bringing diversity of thought and more people and like I kind of took home last year is just by looking at my organization a little bit differently, not just the women versus the men, it's adding value because you're getting more different different perspectives. And so then the way I always thought is different than the way, you know, this new hire that is a woman or is a man thinks. Mm-hmm. And so just making sure that our team is representative of our customer base, but then also, you know, we have enough diversity of thought in our organization to make a difference. Uh, you couldn't do it without your fantastic sponsors. I don't know how you guys, I mean, you guys are like running your own businesses too while you're putting this on and uh, fantastic spot. Don't sponsors. say you don't know how they're, that they've been able to do it. <laughs> Look I, at them. Yeah, I know. That's true. <laughs> they did uh, it. They did it. They absolutely did it. And fantastic sponsors. And then the logistics, I'm just curious, like who's, <laughs> is it? Oh, see, this is easy for a woman. Like this kind of stuff's easy for us. <laughs> Like so we multitask. Those, those kind of diversity are of thought. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh no, no. It's just like this is how so, we operate. So you, so tell me about your sponsors, and and you must have a team who's helping with like putting the, an event on, correct? So we have a we have hired a meeting planner in Santa Barbara this year, awesome. okay. and last year we had. So my cousin is actually, um, would you call her a business uh, development coach? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and so she facilitates the meetings. Oh, for us. cool. So, so she's going to do She's that bringing again. the content, right? Got and it. So okay. She's helping us with that. Yeah. And last year, her team helped us plan the meetings. And this year, we're kind of merging them together. So she's coming back mm-hmm. to facilitate the meetings. And then we have a meeting planner and, helping and, on the ground, boots on the ground in Santa Barbara. And then and then sponsors from many of our, our top brands, right? Yeah. I mean, last year, um, like without any hesitation, Hoka and Brooks were on like awesome, like so quick. And then Upper Quadrant, who we know is a great friend of us, yep. who wanted to support um, what we were doing. And then Diversified, who actually puts on the running event, they were they also jumped in as well. Um, and New Balance, New Balance came in too. Uh, what we did this year, which I thought um, is really helping the programming, is that we asked if you sponsor, you have to bring like kind of your top, at least one of your top brass that's a female Mm -hmm. and so rather than like the last thing we wanted we didn't want to check right and we didn't want like you know we said this to a couple brands like we don't want you to just pink this and walk away and feel like you've supported it so um this year we've got brooks and hoka back on diversified and new balance new events came in a bigger way with melissa worth coming which Mm -hmm. is exciting upper quadrant uh nike um which was kind of a big exciting push and then saucony and on wow i don't think i'm missing anyone I love lists, and sometimes you miss lists. It's always it's it's, it's a PTN thing. It's a dangerous. Thing. It's a dangerous uh, yeah. path to go down. So if you miss somebody, you could just say, "No, I was just doing a PTN bit." Right, Farley right. makes lists. <laughs> right. excludes people yeah. all the time. Can you so read it on just, our website, please? Yeah, was, oh yeah, yeah. No, just, yeah. Well, I don't. I actually, we don't. Yeah, I don't think we even put it up there. Yet. No, you didn't. But that's the thing. I think was great is that they're not here for that, right? Like right. they were here to support. and bring women together, mm-hmm. and and I think like what Julie says is like the spirit of collaboration. Like, why is it? I know easy isn't the right word, but why is, has it been such an easy process for us to pull together? It's because like people are like, what can I do to help? Like that's how I think women are too. Like Robin Gobi from Fleet Feeding's like, hey, can I make a couple extra calls for you? And you're like, yeah, sure, wow. thanks. You know, 
So everyone wants to, everyone's like trying to help. Ellen Brenner, another one, of course, mm-hmm. like she's kind of like the president of, she should be president of the world. Um, in, <laughs> <laughs> um, in, the you know, uh, you obviously did impact uh, a number of, of women last year, uh, a number of businesses last year. Are there some examples that you can provide us like that somebody walked away and felt really touched or moved from Empower Run, the first edition of Empower Run? Keeping in mind, finally, that they're all coming back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I think my biggest takeaway was a moment, and I, I won't say her name because I, sure. I want to protect her, but, yep. you know, we, we first of all, we like – we're maybe like, I don't know, 20 minutes into the programming and, and Burke and I are like, okay, let's go. Let's see what happens here. And people are doing introductions. And this woman stood up who's with this very large, very large chain of stores um, in the Midwest and said, my name is so-and-so and this is the first time I've never had to introduce myself as so-and-so's wife. Wow. And I just felt like that was one of the most powerful moments. Wow, that's really cool. I mean, Julie, you were there too. I don't know if there was anything that you saw that was pretty cool. I cried a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, like I was saying before, I mean, I just was looking around the room, right? I was, I don't want to say I was an outsider to the group, but as a coach and, uh, track and field, um, and just kind of a little bit of a different community and then married to this guy. So I, I, I understand the, the run specialty industry, um, a bit, but not quite as much on the inside. So I felt like I could kind of almost look with a bird's eye view of, you know, what was happening in the room and, I was just so proud of you guys. Like, I think that was the thing that really was so moving. And it felt like it felt like my first time, but it didn't feel like your first time. It felt like it was run so well. Um, And I just saw so many people having these like aha moments. Right. And I think you would look around the room and just like everybody was so excited to be there. Like once, you know, once maybe it was after their first glass of wine and the edge was taken (laughs) off. Um, But everyone was so excited to just like learn and absorb and be together and, and take on all these little pieces. And it was just a really powerful experience. Like I think everybody walked away with a resounding yes. You guys maybe even at the end of it were like, hey, do you guys think we should do this again? And everyone's like, are you insane? Yes. Like how about tomorrow? <laughs> how about next week? Um, so I think that was a really amazing thing. You know, it it felt like it was overdue, but it also felt like the right time. And, and everyone in the room um, felt the same way. And you see that with everybody coming back. And then so many of us like, grabbing friends like you have to be there you have to make this happen like it is just an incredible space but I think what's really important is that it continues to be kind of I don't want to say elite but that it's a um, invitation you know kind of only thing where we bring together people who we know are going to contribute to the conversation and and be able to absorb from the conversation and also lead the conversation so I was just blown away and I think everyone else was because it felt like it maybe was in its 10th year and it was in its first. Um, so I think everybody is so excited to go back and uh, a new location makes it even more exciting to explore a new place. Mm-hmm. No pressure. <laughs> the website is empowerrun.com. That's with one R. So check it out if you want more information. And finally, I, I, I do really appreciate uh, this event. And I, I want to say personally, I think all of us in the run specialty space should really uh, thank you guys because I, I truly think I wonder if you agree that, you know, this this type of event can really help 
these women who might want to do something else say, mm-hmm. you know what, maybe I'm going to stick with this and stay in this awesome industry that we're in. And I don't know if you felt that from maybe some of your, your younger attendees who uh, are, are more new to the industry. I think from some of my more junior staff or women on my team that, you know, weren't there, but they were excited to see that there was these things happening mm-hmm. and that there were going to be places for them mm-hmm. to be in this industry and, and that people were working to make that more accessible. Yeah. I mean, that that is a big deal because we lose a lot of talented people to accounting or yeah, like, some, something, some other totally I mean, outside. it's hard enough to make it a career, but let's make it a career that, you know, is open to everyone. Right. And I think like my view is that I'm Personally, I'm looking 10, 20 years down the line. How do you continue to keep this channel important and viable and, you know, still contributing to our communities? I mean, I think Jim Weber said it really well at TRE. It's like there's these like micro, I can't remember how he put it, but like basically if Brent Tushley wasn't there, there'd be these holes throughout the country in mm-hmm. different in mm-hmm. different communities and, and running is a way that um, you can really bring people together. Could it be more inclusive? Yes. Could it be less monochromatic? Yes. And I think those are things that we need to work on. Um, so, you know, it's it's how do we set up so that the, the women and men and anyone, frankly, anyone who feels marginalized feels seen and heard. And how can how can we create an environment where they can continue to grow on into their careers, whether it's in retail and making retail a career that is, you know, you can go home to your parents and say, and having them proud of you, right? Like that's our biggest hurdle. And then the next would be going into going into industry and like, you know, changing and evolving a sport so that we're, you know, still viable 20 years down the road. I think that's that's really well said. We'll, we'll kind of leave it there. Uh, it's uh, the event again is empowerrun.com, empowerrun. We've got both. Uh, co-founders Kathy Dalby, Burke Beck from Kathy's from Pacers Running and Burke is from Red Coyote Running put together an awesome event in March and congrats I mean seriously congratulations um, and I was about to say congratulations guys was that a, would that yeah, be you said guys about 20 times <laughs> is that, is that, should I wipe that you could just that? go with y'all congratulations yeah, you, know, like, I mean, y'all. you can Oklahoma. actually just blame the English language right you yeah. know what I mean yeah. and you're conditioned All yeah right. I also just want to say thank you for a wonderful vacation that you guys help me plan every single year. Yeah. Uh, several nights away from the, the children and <laughs> lots of good camaraderie and lots of wine. So yeah. thank you well, for that. Well, and I think, you know, Chris, you're saying thank you to us, but it was really like the women that showed up and yeah. made this Empower Run. So like mm-hmm. Kathy and I just set the stage and then <laughs> yeah. everyone was there and made it so valuable. So That's awesome. That's cool. Well said. All right. That's Burke and Kathy. Empower Run, EmpowerRun.com. They joined us on Pace the Nation. We're going to take a quick break and be right back after this. All right, welcome back to the program. And thanks again to Kathy Dalby and Burke Beck from Empower Run for joining us on today's program. EmpowerRun.com. Awesome event. Julie can attest, um, pretty amazing, and uh, you'll be back again this year. Um, so you have to report back, Julie. I will. On how I great will. It was. I have to book my flights. I yes. was just thinking about that last night. Yeah, 
Time, um, time well, to get going bet, here. It, it's happening soon. It's uh, beginning of March. And I don't, you know, we don't really need to promote it for them because it's already filled and, clo- uh, you know, sold out and all that stuff. But uh, we can bring some hype, though. Yeah. Just want to definitely hype it up, which um, so hopefully everybody who's attending is listening to this podcast. Also, everybody who's attending, uh, since you just heard that Julie's going to be reporting back, uh, she's been marked as a narc. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. So be careful what you be say. Be careful about. what you <laughs> say around me. Uh, yeah. So uh, you, you did want to put a pin in that story real quick, Docs, uh, about the, the shark, shark tank. Yeah. yeah. So Yes. Yes. So this was an event maybe a dozen years ago. Uh, I don't even remember where it was. Somewhere in California where they had this. It was in an aquarium that was inside where you could have this. Uh, it was it was some sort of happy hour. So it was some sort of reception inside. Mm-hmm. And there was an aquarium that you know, was all around. So the glass was all around you. You could Mm -hmm. see these fish swimming around sharks, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, when we came in, we said, uh, you know, are we going to see anything? I remember somebody asking, are we going to see anything? Is a shark going to eat a fish or anything like that? And and the people said, no, these are well-fed sharks. So that would, that never happens. Well, um, about halfway through the reception, this shark, and I think it was right in front of Lee Gallardo, who we've mentioned a couple times on this show, uh, this shark attacks this uh, other fish. It looked like some maybe a tuna or something like mm-hmm. that, a large tuna, and eats the tuna or uh, at least uh, you know bites the tuna so blood just is everywhere oh inside. The, and it's everybody's screaming, oh, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, in this reception where we're sitting around talking about running. And uh, immediately you see all these bubbles and blood go everywhere. And then the curtains pull down. Oh, my gosh. They actually have curtains? They had curtains pulled down uh, so we couldn't see the carnage. Uh, the rest of the carnage there. So I guess they lied, right? Because if this thing never happens, then they wouldn't have curtains. Right. Yeah. Uh, it, it, some, I mean, there was a reason for the curtains. Uh, but uh, Well, it could be just a contingency. It might never happen, but but you have it there in, in, in case. You know, like we talked about fire escapes earlier. Right. Uh, <laughs> you, you say like, well, our building has never caught on fire. And then you can't call them a liar because they have a fire escape. It's true. Yeah. Okay. Um. Here's here's something though. You're at a running event. Is there any is there a better endorsement for running than seeing a shark attack? Right. Why swim? Yeah. There's no reason to go in the ocean anymore, folks. Just <laughs> no. keep running. Triathlons. I feel like that was staged. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it probably was. Yeah. Staged. It got Stay rid of the triathlon. Get yeah. rid of the triathlon lane. space. Just yeah. stick to running, folks. These triathlons are swum swam swim. They swim. Swum. Swimming. <laughs> In the ocean where sharks are. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. So maybe it was staged. Smart. All right. I did not have this on the agenda, but I did want to acknowledge a couple of listeners' tweets and uh, a card that we got in the mail. If, uh, if we still did the tweets episode, you wouldn't have to take, carve that space out of the show for that. That is that is true. Uh, but I, I want to thank them um, for, the, for the content. Uh, we got a, a, a message from Carly Sue. I believe that's a dog. Um, And the dog sent us a Christmas card, came to the studio. And we did receive the Christmas card. I just want to acknowledge that. And you can send the Christmas cards or any other cards to our studio. Uh, We do accept handwritten notes, uh, 3100 Clarendon Boulevard. So thank you, Carly Sue. 
Can uh, can I just uh, pull back the curtain yeah. here? I, like, not for a second do I believe a dog sent us a, a, a Christmas card. <laughs> well, well, it said even, it was from a dog. Even Lassie didn't send holiday cards. That's, that's true. But we, uh, you know, it's someone cool. impersonating a dog. It probably, yeah, probably I feel like we're was. being catfished here. <laughs> probably <laughs> was, but we want. I wanted to thank them for sending them. Okay. Um, I also wanted to thank a loyal listener Carter, who uh, tweeted in. Uh, he referenced a story about uh, you know wearing wind briefs mm-hmm. on a windy day up in Rhode Island. Uh, so you can always tweet the show. It's at Pace the Nation. He tweeted the show and said that he had to wear his wind briefs because it was so windy in Rhode Island. And this is in reference to a show long, long time ago where we had Michael and Mark on, uh, and I told a wind brief story. So uh, wanted to mention that and thank them for tweeting in. I think it was a it was like the DC Dog Runner and Carter going back and forth about wind briefs. Mm-hmm. So uh, follow us on Twitter and you can find more information out about that. If if you're if you're especially interested in wind briefs, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, this podcast, of course, is sponsored by Pacers Running. Pacers Running with six area DC locations. Pacers Running is for every run. Uh, you can still sign up for all the great road races that we are putting on this spring, uh, starting with Love the Run You're With. It's coming up in February. Go to the, uh, runpacers.com. You can sign up for that. You can sign up for the P- St. Pat. Patrick's Day races, you can sign up for the Parkway, which is filling up fast, uh, which is in April. So go to runpacers.com and find out about all the road races that we're putting on. All right. Uh, there was a impressive result from the Houston Half Marathon of a former guest, Kara Diamato, ran, I think it was either 69 minutes high or 70 minutes, just over 70 minutes for the half marathon. She, there was a little controversy between whether you accepted the chip time or the gun time. Yeah. Um, and I was really just impressed. You know, she's a former guest. So we like to follow the, the pursuits of our former guests. Um, she was eighth American in like a field that was star studded, you know, the likes of Molly Huddle in it. Um, and, and a number of other star women. She was 20, the 20th woman overall. But, man, that was pretty awesome. Some people have trouble remembering, you know, which name goes to which episode. Yeah. Root Beer Float. Root Beer Float. So mm-hmm. check out Root Beer now Float. You remember, Root Beer. Now you remember who she is. Uh, but she may be one to watch as we go to uh, Atlanta in February. Pretty cool story, Kira, you know, having been an All-American at American University. Yep. Um, her, her, uh, maiden name was Kira Carlstrom. Mm-hmm. Um, she was a great, great runner and, um, you know, she's, you know, since had a career and gotten married and had two kids and has really gotten back into her running in the last couple of years. And it's just incredible to see. I mean, she is, that is incredible running. Yeah. Um, and, and puts her in a position to be, you know, dark horse in the, in the trials in a couple of weeks. And, you know, I'm, sh- I'm assuming she's probably going to be looking for, a, a, you know, a top 10 type of performance Finish. coming off of a time that quick. It's pretty yeah. awesome. Um, Houston Marathon, Houston Half Marathon. There were some signs out there, as there are always yeah. uh, at these at these. I know marathons. which one you're going to say. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, I wonder if Julie knows this reference. The sign said, the Astros stole my other sign. No. 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 This is a running podcast. Yeah, I know, but it was you know the Houston <laughs> Astros were stealing signs. Mm-hmm. So that's a good. Is, that's a really a good, good sign, sign. Creative sign. It's a really yeah. good sign. Yeah. So um, 
yeah, we will be at the trials. Looking forward to seeing Kira and everybody else. You can uh, tweet in your uh, prediction for the top three men, top three women. Maybe Kira's in your top three. I think top ten would be amazing. But if she's in your top three and you you nailed that prediction, you will uh, probably be in the running for a pair of uh, Brooks running shoes and some awesome Pace the Nation gear. So send those tweets in to at Pace the Nation. Um, you know, at this marathon, there will be a number of runners, I'm sure, running in the vapor flies. Uh, you know, we talked to off air to Bob Schwelm, our last week's guest, a little bit about the ba- vapor flies. Uh, this shoe from Nike called the Vapor Fly 4% has been somewhat controversial, pretty controversial in, you know, in, in the running the running world because it has really improved a number of runners performances and when you're in a race you see like most i feel like it's 90 percent of the elite runners who aren't sponsored are running in vapor flies it's crazy so uh you know the controversy is whether they should be uh authorized or or, or runners should be able to run and run in them or do they give the runners an unfair advantage there's a carbon plate in there that propels the runners forward and you know, Nike claims it's going to give you a 4% faster uh, performance than a regular running shoe. So it came out this week, and there's been uh, conflicting stories that the shoe was banned, and then I'm not sure it was banned. Did you see those stories? And what, what, what can you, uh, what, what did you see, Julie? Um, yeah, the f- stories first came out, and I think they were released by um, the British press. Okay. And, um, you know, after a day or so, people were asking where the validity of the stories were coming from. Um, And I think at the end of it, people have kind of just seen that the controversy is still the same controversy that we've been talking about for the last like, you know, few months as we've seen, you know, the two hour mark broken Broken, um, in the vapor flies. But I do think there's, I've heard that there's like a a board that's going to come together maybe within the IAAF to try to figure this out. Um, But I think generally speaking, my my personal opinion is that it's too late to do yeah, anything about it. Right. Um, these shoes are all over the world. Um, people are breaking age group um, records. They're breaking world records. Um, I just think it's it's we're at a point where it's like the point of no return, uh, where too much has changed. You can't go back. There's not race footage of every single person that has ever run in these right. shoes and the significant barriers that they've broken, either personally or nationally. Um, I do think it's interesting though, because a couple years ago, um, you know, when you talk about what people have access to, when I, th- I think the shoes first debuted in the marathon trials, the last marathon trials mm-hmm. were just the Nike athletes were able to wear them. So that is the type of thing where you say, all right, well, that is a significant advantage if only a certain number of athletes have access to them. Um, but now the shoe is accessible across the globe. Right. Um, and so I think we've hit that point of no return. And, and, and I, I saw from Jared Ward, um, you know, he commented on the Vaporfly situation um, where it sounded like maybe the USATF or IAAF was going to potentially ban them and then they weren't. And so um, his solution said, he said on uh, a flow track interview, he said uh, the competition should be innovating their shoes as well. He thinks that's the solution. Well, they are. And yeah. I think that you're going to see all those shoes debuting at the next uh, Olympic trials and in, in a couple of weeks here. So Saucony's coming out with yep. their shoe. 
Brooks. Uh, Brooks is coming out with their shoe. And so, you know, they've taken the model that Nike built the next percent with, uh, with the carbon footplate, and um, they've built their own version of it. And so, you know, now you're talking about a group of athletes that maybe it was just the Nike athletes who were going to have the advantage at the trials, but now these other, you know, companies are coming out with their own version of it to be able to support their athletes. So the, you, even the playing field, I think at the end of the day, it probably never should have happened. There probably should be more, uh, regulation by the IAAF, uh, the international organization for track and field road racing, mm-hmm. um, to, to make sure that things like this don't happen. Um, that we're making such massive changes, but it's also like the companies are going to continue to push the threshold until there's regulation put on it. But but innovation in sports equipment has been a part of all sports, including track and field. True. Um, I mean, you talk about you know differences in training is uh, as, as one thing, but but when you're just talking about equipment and things that you use, I mean, uh, even things to to assist in recovery. I mean, you have compression socks, which people mm-hmm. didn't have. Uh, shoes have have drastically changed over the years. I, I think, in, you know, uh, uh, everybody knows like the the story in Oregon about you know using the waffle maker to, right. to change the the treads on the bottom of shoes. Um, I mean, you know, and people could have said that was you know an innovation that gives an advantage that shouldn't be treads on the bottom of the shoe. I mean, things have changed drastically in in, in equipment in all sports, uh, yeah. including track and field. So I'm not sure if if I'm I, I kind of agree with Jared. It's like if if the Nike athletes have an advantage in in, in this situation, then everybody should be you know the other brand should be. Uh, you know, it's a copycat league, Farley. Right. I no, I agree. I agree, and I don't think that there's going to be a day that we come, we go back to, you know, everybody wearing, um, you know, a pair of waffle racers from the '80s and their mm-hmm. the marathon, uh, which were innovative at the time. But you know, there's been a lot of changes. Yeah. There's a lot of talk um, around the shoe controversy and how it relates to the swimming industry. So um, when the swimsuits first came out um, and they were basically full body suits that were giving buoyancy and such an advantage um, that records were falling, I mean, without question. So I think there's going to be at some point some sort of regulation. Maybe it's that you can't do much more than the 4% or any more than the 4%. Um, You know, I I don't want to wake up one day and there's like roller skates, (laughs) you know, on the bottom of running shoes and we're still calling them running shoes but they've got I like that I'm gonna I'm gonna write that down there. that's not a bad they already have those shoes where you can you oh can they're like, like kids roll. yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Those are awesome. Yeah. So I, I do think that there's a there's at some point has to be some sort of regulation here, and maybe that's where this whole thing happens. But I thought it was really interesting. The New York Times ran an article about how Nike loves controversy because it's good for sales, mm-hmm. um, and ultimately this controversy has you know made sky uh, sales skyrocket for Nike. So they're certainly not complaining with the condi- uh, continuing talk of these shoes and people wanting them and wanting to feel the difference and buying their first pair and buying multiple pairs in the event that they do get discontinued um so sales are good for nike (laughs) well i know for me i like them to continue to push it and whatever advantage they can give me i'm i'm all in for it so we're gonna have a couple more asterisks (laughs) sounds like (laughs) it's not enough room on the front of that shirt for the asterisks I do. I think you brought up some good examples, and just finally, I was just I was just kind of thinking about what if people were 
we're, we're using golf clubs from the 70s. I just think it would be ridiculous. I, they, they talked to, I've heard people talk about that, how they say that everybody should use have to use the or same tennis set of rackets. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, you used to have wooden tennis rackets yeah. and, and uh, people couldn't serve it as, as fast as they can serve now. I've heard people talk about golf. They're like, oh, everybody should just get the same set, you know, uh, of golf. But, but uh, I thought, yeah, okay, well, that kind of makes sense. Um, and then... A wise man told me, and this is my father. He likes it when I call him wise. But he, he was like, yeah, but even if you have like the same standard set of golf clubs, uh, those clubs will be to an advantage to somebody's particular set of skills. So people get the, the golf clubs tailored to, to their skill set, you know, and, and, and running shoes are the same way. Like if everybody had to wear the same set of running shoes, it would still be an advantage to one person. Because that that helps that that person. So by having options and choices, people can tailor their their equipment mm-hmm. to their skill set. That's a good point, Mister Docs. Well, mm-hmm. It's not his name. <laughs> All right, uh, w- one last story here. Uh, you know, you guys know I love streaks. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm likes- hoping we run out of streaks. <laughs> like if if our streak of talking about streaks could yeah. finally end. Yeah, Julie, the the. <laughs> The problem is that when we run out of like running streaks, he's going to start streaking. <laughs> and nobody wants, nobody wants that. All right, let's keep the streak we did, going. We, we did we did reference the, the wind streak briefs, on streaks. Wind briefs earlier today. Um, Mark Courtney, uh, he's the owner and timer for Runners High Timing uh, out of Pennsylvania. He has run at least a mile for forty straight years, every single day for forty straight years. Uh, you know, we talked about to, to Bob Schwalm last year and he's looking for his sixth decade. Some of these folks who are out there, um, with these streaks are just, Bob's is amazing. This one is just incredible to me. Um, 40 years in a row of at least running a mile last year, he averaged seven miles a day in 2019. So it's not like he's just mailing it in with just one mile. Mm-hmm. Uh, this 40-year streak is just getting continuing to get stronger and stronger. Uh, so props to Mark Courtney. Um, he, uh, if, if you, can, you can talk to him. Julie, he actually does timing for a number <clears throat> of the races, like at Penn State, that, that some of your... Uh, oh, cool. I should go talk you, to him. You should talk to him about the streak and tell him... So he's thing. not going to like this add-in that I'm going to put in right here. Um, <laughs> no, <yeah. laughs> so the only thing the only thing I have to say about yeah. some of these male streaks, mm-hmm. since we're on a yeah. female empower run yep. topic today, is that someone in my position that couldn't run straight through pregnancy mm. would never be able to have those types of That's long lasting 40 year streaks. Not saying that I would want to, because <laughs> right, I certainly right. take I a lot of liberties with days off, but yeah. a lot of these streaks are coming from men. And, um, and that's not to say that women can, you know, choose to not have a family and do something <laughs> like that. But right. certainly in, in both of my pregnancies, I was not able to run yeah, all the way through. So I'm going to make it about me for a second right. no, and just say that there is that experience as well that would prevent people from being able to keep the streak alive. I was hospitalized for uh, a poisonous spider bite, and I and I I was in six or seven days in the hospital. I was unable to run those six well, or seven well, days. Well, Mark, so so take that, Mrs. Pregnant. Well, Mark was in a cast. He was in a cast, and he would run the mile. And uh, he had a cast on his foot. Foot. 
Just let this streak yeah. end. <laughs> I mean, really, is it really that important? Yes, to me it is. But I, I, if but you the can, streak if you lovers really love run, it. If you can't really run, what is, what is the point of it? Well, he took I'm the sorry. cast off, or the not the. It was a maybe. It was just. It, doesn't, it just doesn't like seem that. like a good idea. It yeah. just doesn't seem like a. So good So you're idea. saying I'm that out he was this. hurt. <laughs> He was hurt, and you yeah, know. man. Wow. Like for me, for me, being able to run a mile every day that makes me think, like, wow, uh, what a what a testament to staying healthy. Yeah. And now you're telling me he ran <laughs> through a cast. It seems like wow, what a testament to bad decision making. I know these these are the types of things I talk to my athletes about every single day. Yeah. Like we, if something's hurting, we don't run through it, right? But it's a different it's a different um, love of the sport. Well, and there's a lot of different loves of the sport. No. So streaks are only, definitely a love uh, in the sport. I disagree. Only mine. my opinion matters. <laughs> <laughs> mine, I do love streaks. So if you got a streak, uh, tweet me at Pace mm-hmm. the Nation. Uh, I'd love to talk about it on the show. And don't get a spider bite <laughs> yes. or don't get pregnant yeah. right, if you right, want to keep right. your streak alive. That's what our parents told us when we were kids. <laughs> <laughs> Very good advice, Julie. <laughs> Glad to help. Since I'm all fired up right now, I'm going to talk about the stupid telephone scams. Do it. Like my, I, I couldn't get anything done yesterday because my phone kept ringing from different phone numbers. And it's the same, uh, yeah. my social security benefits are going to be taken away and I need to talk to their lawyer. So finally, I connected to the lawyer and he says, hello, this is blah, 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 personal counsel, whatever. And I said, I yelled into the phone. And, and I'm going to edit out the curse words, but I'm going to say them for your benefit right here. But there really were curse words. I said, stop calling me. This is a scam. And they couldn't, ha- they hung up so fast on me. And the reason I yelled, and, and so if any of you ever talk to these people, yell or, or talk in a fake voice, because what they do is they record your voice and then they like, they'll be like, do you want us to stop calling you? And you say, yes. And then they change the recording and it says, can uh, we take all of your money? Yes. Yeah. Oh, so so okay. you yell so that if they, if you ever have to take them to court and they'll be like, well, here's a recording that said, you said this, you're saying, do you hear me yelling? Do you hear a lot of curse words? <laughs> Uh, those those calls That's are getting good worse advice. and worse. They're yeah. ridiculous. And, and they're all from numbers that are like associated with your phone exactly. number too. Like exactly. mine are all from 732 numbers, yeah. which is my old New Jersey right. number. Yeah. Yeah. So that, so that's, I'm lucky because at least they're out of state for me now. If they were all 703 numbers and I thought it was like Somebody, the, doctor's the doctor's office, office calling, or, like or you would answer it all car. the time. Yeah. 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 It's annoying, it, especially like if you're if you're if you're using screen time at the time, and then it interrupts your screen time, <laughs> and the, and with a stupid iPhone, you can't just be like ignore. You have to be like, uh, it, it's still taking up your screen. Right. Mm-hmm. Like get off my screen. Mm-hmm. And the other annoying thing to me is that the penalty for this is so insignificant to them. They find this guy twenty million dollars or something like that. Don't fact check me. But they, they find him something ridiculous, like $20 million for, for doing the phone scams. And he's still doing that because that wasn't even a deterrent. Yeah, because that, they're making so much money they're, off of it. They're, they're making so much money. And by making money, they're scamming people. Yeah. What they're doing is illegal. They're, they're, they're stealing money from Americans. And, and I think that that penalty, they, there should be, they should go to a federal prison. I tweeted out yesterday that, that they should bring back the, the firing squad or they, you know, it should be right. the death penalty. Uh, I, I kind of believe that. But I'm not going to put that on the podcast. On the podcast, I'm going to say that, that there should be federal prison, like, like the bad kind of prison, not, not the fun jail. No fun jail for these people. No. All right, great show, guys. We even got a uh, solid Doc's rant there. 
I would like to start a streak of Doc's rants. <laughs> can we start streak. that streak? It's a streak we can all get behind. All That's right. like shooting fish in the barrel. <laughs> All right, well, you got to stay tuned if you get one next week. Got to listen to next week's show. All right, on this week's show, great guest. Thank you to Burke Beck and Kathy Dalby for joining us. They are the co-founders of Empower Run that happens in March. Awesome event at PowerRun.com. All right, Docs, come up with something for next week. Come up with something. Think we may, hard. We may it have to plant a seed. So we, yeah. You and I may have to come up with something, okay, okay that we plant a seed. And yeah. If you guys start sabotaging my life for the enjoyment <laughs> of our listeners, first of all, let me tell you, it's not necessary. I'll find something. <laughs> Second of all, uh, you'll get me in such a fit of rage, you don't want to see it. We do. we do. Let's just start calling him from pay phones. All right. There we go. That's a good idea. Flooding his phone. All right. That's Julie. And for Docs, I'm Chris Farley. This is Pace the Nation. We'll see you next week. I got an 85 on my sleep score. Oh my God, they're just handing out good grades. <laughs> it's the best one I've ever gotten. I did just read that label on your Starbucks and get very confused. Uh, it would not have been the first time that Farley has botched a name. So <laughs> I don't know. I don't know who I trust more, the the Starbucks barista or, or Farley with with the uh, names. I respond to it and then getting it off of your Let's pick. Let's take it back to you are obviously women. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> do you want to start? Do you want to say that again? <laughs> I just wanted to say that yeah, again. Yeah. Um, and then bring your own chair. <laughs> this is a folding chair, so it works. But it's not yours. It belongs to a man. <laughs> All right, let's just close out that. Um. I did have the wrong year on last week's episode in the uh, feed. So it was posted. Wrong year? Yeah. So it was 2019 as the date. So it was like if people, you know, like the feeds are all in chronological order. A new podcast showed up. But if you had a lot of stuff in your feed, you wouldn't have seen it because it was buried, you know, 12 months back. I fixed that That's this fun. morning. Oh, man.